Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. How can we set ourselves up for an empowered motherhood experience? Are there any specific values or ideals that we can practice and exercise in order to ready ourselves for the great task that motherhood is? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 185 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and this week we are speaking with Jessica Lorian. As an autoimmune disease fighter, Jessica's motherhood journey is postponed. And while she navigates her health journey, she has decided to learn all about motherhood before she becomes a mother. As a mama in training herself, she decided to take that concept and support other mamas in training on their journey in and through motherhood. Today, we'll be taking time together to discuss how to best prepare for pregnancy, postpartum, and beyond with Jessica's three pillars of motherhood. Now, before we jump in, I'd love to take a moment to thank this week's reviewer of the week, Chelsea LP, who wrote, love this podcast. Getting ready for my second baby and home birth, just gave birth four days ago, seemed more daunting than the first. With a toddler running around, a lot to do, and following a miscarriage right before this pregnancy, and wanting, envisioning certain things to be different about this birth, finding this podcast gave me so much peace redemption, education, and empowerment. I can't even fully tell you how it set me up to be the best birth possible with my midwife, daughter, and husband all there with me. I've been really deeply personally affected by the stories and the subjects that come up. Some I've listened to two, three, and four times. I can't thank you enough for producing this podcast. It has heart, soul, purpose, passion, wild feminine, all at once. I hope you continue to continue this project, Caitlin. Much love, Chelsea Praker. Chelsea, you have no idea how much words like this mean to me. My heart just bursts with excitement and pleasure when I hear of another mom experiencing such beauty. And the fact that this podcast was able to play a part in your preparation and experience, it just blows me away. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to leave such a thoughtful review. If you'll email me at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I would love to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And if you're gaining value from this show, would you please take a moment just to consider either leaving a review or a rating or jumping on Instagram and taking a screenshot and sharing about the fact that you're listening? It would mean so much to me and it really does help spread the word about the Happy Home Birth podcast. Also, before we jump in, I do want to let you know something wonky happened with my microphone at the beginning of this episode. So bear with me because I do catch on (laughs) like a few minutes into the interview that my mic is not working and it gets fixed, but it is a little bit annoying at the beginning. So I'm sorry about that, but this episode is absolutely incredible and I know you're going to love it. So let's head into this super educational episode with Jessica. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and the show is not medical advice, it's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. 
Thank you. And thank you for having me. It's really an honor. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. Would you take a moment to just start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Jessica Lorian. I live in Astoria, New York, currently looking out over uh, the crazy city. <laughs> and um, I'm originally from Massachusetts. I'm an actor. I wear many, many hats, but one of my biggest passions right now is I am the host and producer of a podcast as well called Mamas in Training. That's amazing. So how long have you been uh, doing this podcast? Uh, about two and a half years. It's crazy. <laughs> time goes by so quickly, but yeah. It like seriously, it does. Every time yeah. I turn around, I'm, like someone will be like, oh yeah, how long have you been doing the podcast? I'm like, oh, probably like a year. Oh, okay. It's Wait been three and a half years. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You just get um, on the train and then it doesn't stop, but it's, it's really rewarding. So, Well, tell me about that. I would love to hear what got you into this or what caused you to make this decision to create this podcast and what it's really all about? Yeah. So, well, I'll kind of go back a little bit. It, it went through a transformation. Okay. So in the beginning, I first got the idea. I was visiting one of my closest friends. She had just had her baby two weeks out. I was holding this precious little thing in my hands. And she was actually telling me that she felt a lot of isolation and loneliness in early motherhood and specifically when she was pumping or breastfeeding because she was, you know, she'd have to go off. Maybe if she was visiting her in-laws, she'd have to go off to a second bedroom because, you know, the family wasn't comfortable or she'd have to stay in the car for a little while and pump or step away from her desk. Uh, you know, it was all these inconvenient moments of isolation. And so Myself, having I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease couple back in 2011, and I knew when I started taking a certain medication that it would delay my journey into motherhood. So I was also at this, I had this desire to learn. I was like wanting to feel, I, I was a birth junk, uh, a birth story junkie. I just, I wanted, I wanted everything, and I thought, well, what if I created a podcast? where I interview moms about their journey into motherhood. And while moms are pumping or breastfeeding, they can listen so they don't feel so alone. And then I'll learn about motherhood as well. And so that's what I did. And I created it and it was called The Pumping Podcast. And you can go back to the early episodes and still find The Pumping Podcast there. But as time went on, I was really wondering where I fit in to the whole story. And I would always introduce myself as a mama in training, but I never really shared much of my story. And I thought that there was more that I could do for the listener who might be in my shoes. And instead of just stories, I wanted to actually learn things about questions that we all have and that we don't talk about. And I found myself, myself a little bit bummed, to be honest, because I wasn't able to start my motherhood journey whenever I wanted to, and I was on this period of waiting, and so I wanted to turn it into something positive. So I went through an entire reboot and rebrand of the podcast, made it more informative, and now it's called Mamas in Training with M-A-M-A-S, Mamas in Training. And my goal really is to give aspiring moms like myself, as well as expecting moms, both the guidance and also a sense of community from moms who have been there. 
And so they're interviews about what women wish they had known and what isn't really talked about. So it might not necessarily be something super surface level, like, you know, how to change a diaper or how to deal with blowouts, but it's a little bit more so like how to deal with the intrusive thoughts that might creep up or, um, you know, your pelvic floor. And not many people talk about that, but then all of a sudden it seems like we all just have to live with being ourselves, which isn't, isn't normal. Which is so, not ideal. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's not <laughs> ideal. Well, I guess I should say maybe it, it can be considered normal, but it shouldn't be. Right. Um, common. It's so, common. Yeah. Yeah, it's common. So it brings up a lot of comp- uh, different topics like this and, and we share it. Mm, that is such a wonderful resource. I mean, that is just such a perfect place for you to be able to shine in exactly what it is that you're going through, but to be able to support other mothers at the same time. What a fantastic way to serve your community and to build community and to really be able to help yourself prepare as well. I think that is, that's an amazing thing where we can take something that we are genuinely passionate about and then know that there are others in the exact same situation who can benefit from this information. So thank you for just getting out there and creating this. It can be really hard to start something new and you've clearly started something really amazing. Thank you. It's also nice because I get a lot of messages from women who are aspiring moms because it's weird. Like so many people ask me, oh, why do you have a podcast? And I tell them what it's about. And they're like, oh, so you're a mom. No, I'm not a mom. Oh, so you're, what, are you trying? No, I'm not even allowed to try yet. You know, it's like, and we have a place now, you know, Mm -hmm. we have a place that we can at least in our ears we can listen and on Facebook, we can gather together um, and not feel weird about it because sometimes we just want to learn about motherhood before we get there. So mm-hmm. yeah, mm. that is, I mean, that's fantastic. So what I would love to do, I know that you have talked about in the past, these three pillars of motherhood, really um, mm-hmm. three things that you've found a common thread consistently again and again through the mothers that you've talked with, through the experts that you've spoken with. Um, you've got these three pillars of motherhood. I would love to hear more about that and then we can get into some of the application. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's crazy how once you start interviewing over a hundred women, it's like, hmm, what are these common themes? Why do people keep talking about the same thing over and over And really, these three pillars can be applied to anybody at any stage of your life. But specifically in motherhood, it's really, really important. So the first one is advocacy. The second is planning slash preparing. And the third is community. And it really was just like, after I sit back and it was was episode 100 that I actually did on my podcast where I touched on all these three things because I sat back after interviewing all these women And it was just like a spotlight had been shown on all these three areas that we really need to talk more about how we can apply these different things throughout our motherhood journey, whether we're pregnant, whether we're postpartum, whether we're six years postpartum, whether we're an aspiring mom, you know, it it really, it's important. It's, it's interesting when you go over those, I actually did a 
workshop of quite a while back that was called the three pillars of a happy home birth. And there's so much crossover between those three. So it's, it's true. I mean, it's applicable to so many different things. Um, So what I'd love to do is to have you break these down in the way that you have seen them time and time again. And in a way that, you know, as you said, it's, it's applicable to really all mothers. So maybe we can give some examples for different stages of life, perhaps someone who like you is is yearning for motherhood but waiting or mm-hmm. someone who is or required to wait and then someone who perhaps is in pregnancy and then we could talk about postpartum as well if that sounds good for you yeah yeah absolutely so advocacy will start first and foremost and i mean this is something that i just like need to preach from the rooftops we need to advocate for ourselves more in so many situations and I think the the main overarching kind of challenge with this is that especially as women and as mothers, we like to pride ourselves on being the superhero, you know, and getting it all done and not needing any help and this and that, whether we want to admit that or not. But I think we tend to do that. And so we need to really push that aside and know when we need to ask for help or when we need to ask or stand up for something that we want or desire. So like, for example, as an aspiring mom, I'm not even yet a mom. I actually can't even try yet. But something that happened to me um, with my autoimmune disease. So I noticed after a time, it was about after a year and a half, I started to develop these little spots around my feet. And they were different from another situation that I was experiencing with my skin. I said, no, nah, they, they feel different. They look different. I went to my dermatologist and I told them. He said, no, I'm pretty positive it's still the psoriasis that you have. I said, no, 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 I, I don't think so. It looks different. It feels different. He said, well, I'm 99% sure that it's the psoriasis that you have. I said, I understand. Once again, it feels different. It looks different. Can I please get a biopsy? And I literally had to fight essentially with this provider. Finally, he said, okay, we'll do a biopsy. Well, sure enough, not for nothing, but I was right. And it was not psoriasis. It was another another thing called vasculitis where my rheumatologist had actually told me, thank goodness you caught that because if not, it could have caused a lot more challenge and stress. And not only that, but it's the swelling of your blood vessels. So it could have been a real serious issue for other organs in your body. So especially if you're trying to conceive or you're in the midst of pregnancy, you know your body best. And so whatever for you feels right or doesn't feel right, you have to speak up. Um, And no one knows your, your body like you do. You've been with it for probably at least 20, if not more years, and you have to speak up about that. Uh, an example that I found during birth came from this amazing mom. Her name is Nikki Bergen, and she has a method called the Bell Method. And she teaches you essentially all about your pelvic floor breathing and workouts that are good for pregnancy and postpartum. And she told me about something called purple pushing, where we take a deep breath and we hold our breath so much so that we usually turn purple. And we push and bear down really hard and as if we're essentially feeling like we're going to poop. 
-hmm. And yes, that definitely can work in a type of birth. If you want to do it that way, that's 100% fine. But oftentimes that puts a lot of extra pressure on your pelvic floor. But we could find that we go into the birth situation and the nurses might tell us, this is how you do it. This is how you push. And us not knowing anything or not having experienced this before, maybe, we'll just listen to what they say. And instead, if we've done our research and we know that, you know, no, we don't want to push this way, we should feel empowered or maybe if we have our partner or a doula there to help us speak up and say, actually, this is how I'm going to push. I'm going to breathe through my pushes, breathe through my breath instead of holding and bearing down. But oftentimes, especially when we're in the place of birth, we can feel like they know best, right? And it and and we're in this foreign place. But really, if we've actually just done a little bit of research on what we can say yes to and what our desires are. Mm-hmm. And then with postpartum, I would say this really, I think, is the hardest one because It goes back to what I said when we started advocacy, all about knowing that we might not be able to do this on our own and really asking for help. But a nice way of doing this is I did an episode all about um, how to create a postpartum plan because we often create a birth plan, but not a postpartum plan. So if we create a postpartum plan, then we know things that we want or don't want. For example, we know that Aunt Jo brings a lot of anxiety when she comes into our house. So if Aunt Jo wants to come over when you're postpartum, do you allow that? And you have to be willing to say no and advocate for yourself and your family that that anxious, you know, energy that she brings into the room might not serve you at this time. Mm -hmm. So it can look like advocating for yourself in many different forms and some can be harder or easier than others, but it's really key in order mm. for us to to feel like we can take back some control. Oh, it's huge. I mean, this is, you touched on so many, so many amazing points and things that, yes, like we talk about this a lot, this idea of you are the expert on mm-hmm. your body. And then once you're pregnant, you're the expert on your body and your baby. And mm-hmm. yes, even we, if it's the first time you're the expert. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we have to own that. We cannot allow ourselves to give up our responsibility to other people because guess what? That's an illusion. It's exactly nobody is going to care more than you. Nobody cares about you as much as you do. Nobody cares about your baby as much as you do. And that sounds harsh. But that is the way that that it was designed. You mm-hmm. are your advocate. You are your baby's advocate. You have the power inside of you to make these decisions. And, and truthfully, that's what motherhood is all about. It's not mm-hmm. like, okay, well, I'm just going to get through this. I'll listen to what they say and do what they say through my pregnancy, through my labor, and then I'm fine. It won't be a big deal. No, that's the beginning, my friend. You know, we continue <laughs> forever and ever more. This is our job. And so this is the time to take control. And and just like you're saying, pre-pregnancy, the situation that you shared where a doctor is telling you, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's nothing new, it's the same thing, but you knew. Your intuition was telling you, 
there is something here and this is serious and I need to have it checked out. That Mm -hmm. is such a perfect example of how we need to be listening to that voice, how we need to be focusing in on our intuition instead of being like, oh, well, I had this feeling, but my doctor said it was fine. So I guess it's okay. Don't just drop things. It can be so easy to just drop something because, well, he went to school, you know, he knows about this. He sees skin all the time. Like I'm sure he knows you, my friend, know better than anybody. And it's wonderful yeah. to bring in a team that we trust and to be able to bounce ideas off of care providers. That is fantastic. But never should we ever forget that we are the responsible party and we shouldn't want to shirk that responsibility because truthfully, that's where all of this empowerment can come from is when we hone in on that and accept that that is the case. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting because I feel like once we become moms, we so easily advocate for our babies, right? Right. But why the heck don't we advocate for ourselves from the start? Mm-hmm. And and one thing that came to me while you were talking too was like, for example, if we're thinking about a home birth, because you do that a lot around here. <laughs> so when when you're talking about a home birth, you know, we're not just talking about the physical event of the home birth and advocating for yourself during a home birth. You're probably going to have to advocate for yourself and your choice to have a home birth, Mm -hmm. whether it's with family, friends, anybody. And knowing that this is what you and your partner desire and what's best for you and for baby and your partner. And if, you know, Aunt Jo again is giving you a hard time about having a home birth, well, then she's going to have to deal and you're going to have to decide maybe to not be around her or not even share. You don't have to share with anybody what your plans are. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've talked to other people about home births and we don't even have to share that we're having one. It's medical information. Like, right. (laughs) You have no obligation to share that with anybody, but yeah, no. Yeah. So yeah, I think oftentimes we get excited for each other mm-hmm. when when you're, you know, so if I, if I have a friend who's expecting, I get excited. And of course me, I like to ask all these questions, but there can be a point that you say, I'm not going to share that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And subject, I have a friend who my closest friend, she chose to have a home birth with her first, with her first, she has an adopted son, but her first pregnancy. And all, she's a hairstylist. So all of her clients were constantly asking her and she knew that she was not going to tell anybody that she was having a home birth with this pregnancy because she wasn't going to sit there all day and listen to all of the horror stories that would inevitably follow up. So then once she had the baby, she shouted it from the mountaintops and now they all know, but it's like, well, what are you going to say to me now? Like I had a beautiful birth, <laughs> you know, you can't really exactly. get to me. So. Yeah. Exactly. And and then of course there are others. My personality, I did tell people and I was comfortable though when something was coming back at me to either brush it off because it's just like, well, that's not my story. That's your story. And I know how many factors there are involved in you know every individual situation or just say like, okay, well, we're done talking about this now. Let's talk about mangoes. I don't, I don't care what, but we're not, <laughs> yep. not talking about this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, but it's definitely easier for people to do that than others, especially oh, yeah. depending your experience or your knowledge. Um, and you have to 
just advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's your and personality your desire. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, personality wise, it can be, especially for, I think like the people pleasing zone, it can be very, very hard to step out and say what it is that you're feeling. Um, so yeah, pregnancy, pre-pregnancy is such a wonderful time to really work on those skills and really work on honing in on that intuition. And I wanted to mention um, when you talked about the postpartum plan, man, that is not discussed nearly enough. Postpartum, I feel like sometimes just gets swept under the rug when it's so massive. I mean, I understand labor is huge and we remember our labor, you know, it's, it's so memorable, but postpartum is such a long stretch of time, indefinite, really. You know, I am almost three years out from my most recent child and I'm still like, "Ah, well, I'm postpartum, (laughs) you know, I'm postpartum. And so understanding that that time is so crucial and especially the early postpartum days, making sure that we are planning and adding that advocacy into the plan. So not putting ourselves in situations unnecessarily where there is going to be confrontation and making sure that we are on the same page with our partner, with our spouse, that, you know, these are the people that we want to have over. These are the people that we really can't afford to have over, or we can have people over for an hour, you know, or a Mm -hmm. certain amount of time. And I'm holding the baby. Whatever it may be, we all, if we can get on the same page beforehand, then it's not shocking or scary. And we're not looking back thinking, I wish I would have, I wish I would have planned more. I wish I would have thought ahead to this because it is, it can be a very overwhelming experience. So that, that preparation beforehand is, is critical. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it it can take so many different forms. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, guests coming over, but also, you know, just asking that you might need more help for food, you know, asking that you might need your partner to do more. I mean, communication with your partner is huge. Mm -hmm. I did an episode about that too, where um, a guest of mine was actually a man. I very rarely have men on the podcast, but he was, and he actually suffered a panic attack postpartum because he had buried all of his emotions and fears and anxieties during the pregnancy and birth. And so one day he just cracked. Mm. And so, you know, even advocating for yourself as a couple and figuring out what your partner's going through and what you're going through and what you might need help with, you know, giving them responsibility, it's essential. Mm. That's so good. Okay, let's talk about planning and preparing. Yeah. Well, we could probably talk about this forever, but I'll make it succinct. (laughs) So, um, So especially planning and preparing, like if you're an aspiring mom like me or you're pregnant, the way that I really like to think about this is drinking from the fire hose. So go ahead and drink from the fire hose. Take it all in and it's going to be overwhelming and it's going to be a lot. But if you take it all in like that and then you let yourself sift through it kind of at your own time, in your own way, then things just sort of subconsciously seep into your existence. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, if I'm 
an aspiring mom and I'm taking a commute and I'm driving and I'm learning about different ways of pushing, like we explained. When that time comes that I am pregnant, I'm just aware at least that there are different ways to push. Or if I'm pregnant and I'm listening to something while I'm maybe making some dinner, I might learn about the golden hour, about skin to skin, um, about these different things that maybe you might think are nice and you might desire, but maybe the provider that you have, if you're not having a home birth or you're not with a midwife, maybe they don't encourage those things. Um, And maybe that's a question that you want to ask your provider. So all of that time during aspiring mom time and pregnant mom time is really like drinking from a fire hose. And then when you are pregnant, it is about doing the research and planning and preparing, of course, your birth plan and what you most desire, but then being ready for it to take its different twists and turns. And one of my favorite examples of this is with breastfeeding and formula feeding. So I interviewed um, on episode 74, I interviewed Erin Moore all about formula feeding. And she gave me a really amazing tip, which was, you've made the decision, you're pregnant, you've made the decision, yes, I want to breastfeed. That's your decision. Now you're learning all about breastfeeding. Maybe you take lactation class. You are armed and ready to go. You have planned and prepared for that. But God forbid you go through your birth and something happens. Something, maybe baby isn't taking to breastfeeding as quickly. Maybe you aren't producing as much. There's so many different things that can happen. And now your baby needs food. It's been long enough time, baby needs to eat, and they're going to give baby formula. And if you're the type of person that wants control over everything, you might now start to feel overwhelmed because you don't know what formula they're getting. You haven't maybe approved it. So the advice instead is choose what you want to do. You want to breastfeed. Wonderful. Now, take the time to investigate formula. Find a formula. Pick one out. There's so many different kinds. Do you want organic? Do you want non-organic? Do you want these ingredients? Do you want not these ingredients? And actually purchase a formula. Don't open it. Put it in your hospital bag. And hopefully you won't have to use it. And then you can just return it. But God forbid something does happen and breastfeeding doesn't go as smoothly as you need and baby needs to get fed. You have a signed, sealed, delivered, approved by mama formula that's ready to go in your hospital bag for baby. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, of course, we planned and prepared. We know what we want to do. We want to breastfeed. But what about this other turn, you know? So I loved learning that tip because it really opened my eyes to ways that we can not only plan and prepare for what we want, but also how the road might shift a little bit. Yeah. And then, I Sorry, yeah. I don't, don't want to interrupt, no, but that, that reminds me of this, the importance of also creating your postpartum community and team beforehand, mm-hmm. because then we can have not only, I mean, that was a, that's such a great tip. And also if you've got a community, that could be a time where beforehand, you know, okay, what new moms are around? You know, where could I also get donor milk? 
where could I, you know, what, what lactation consultants can I have that could come to me immediately postpartum to assess and possibly, you know, give a second opinion. Those are all every, I mean, create, figuring out like, okay, what, if I'm going to need formula, what would I want? What would I want for my baby to have? And all of these other things. Oh my gosh, that's, that's such a great point. And you know, for some people, they don't care. Like I had one of my right. best friends, she was like the easiest, most like, I'm just going to ride this roller coaster type mom. And if that's you, a hundred percent amazing. But then you can't be upset when things don't go the way that you planned and prepared, you know? So I think it's just really this idea of setting yourself up for success in in whatever that might look like. Um, And in postpartum, you know, planning and preparing, of course, like I mentioned before, make a postpartum plan. Um, And there's actually in this one episode that I did about this, we cover eight different topics. And the way that my guest, her name was Jessica, the way that she narrowed or explained for us to do it is when you're pregnant, you know, get a little hot cocoa or if you want to have a glass of wine and you're okay with that, you know, whatever it is for you and go ahead and set yourself up with a little date and discuss these eight different topics before you get to postpartum so that you're covered. Um, And you know, you know, how shifts are going to go, what's going to happen when someone goes back to work, all these different areas that we need to cover. Um, it's not just about a meal train, you know, and setting up a meal train. It's, it's more than that. And it goes deeper. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I would love to make sure that we link to these episodes that you have mentioned in the yeah, show notes. Because these, yeah. These sound really great. And, and like we said, I mean, kind of in relation to to just a moment ago, the idea, and this is something that we do inside of Happy Home Birth Academy when it comes to postpartum, is creating our list. Who are our resources in our local area? And mm-hmm. taking that time in pregnancy or even preconception to know your resources. There's no, you know, there's it's no good that you have all of these incredible chiropractors, acupuncturists, whatever they may be around you, if you don't even know that you have them. So figuring out who we have, writing their name and number down, having a list, putting them in your phone, being able to contact these people immediately. And I think that it comes into play your closer community, maybe your friends and your family, Mm -hmm. talking to them prior to giving birth about ways that they can help you and not mm-hmm. feeling guilty about asking for very specific things that that can be such a load off. Yeah, big time. Another one that I just thought of is um you know, we I touched earlier on your pelvic floor and oftentimes we don't take care of our pelvic floor until there's a problem. Right. You know, until we are maybe leaking or we do have pain. But instead, in learning about your pelvic floor, um, and this is something that I did in episode 71, I was like blown away because I I had never even done any sort of research on your pelvic floor and what it means and how we can control and heal it. But this goes back to, you know, when you're an aspiring mom or you're pregnant, go see a pelvic physio then. Know what your baseline is. You know, know what your normal is because you might have no idea that maybe you have even a 
a, a problem beforehand. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't, at least you know kind of your baseline. Yep. Then go ahead and plan and prepare before, while you're pregnant, make an appointment on your calendar because pelvic floor physios get very busy. Make an appointment while you're pregnant postpartum. So make that appointment for a month out, whatever it is when you think you might have baby and get it on the calendar so that you don't have to wait for their availability. But you know, no matter what, whether things are feeling great or not, I'm going in to get my pelvic floor checked. And it can be something that's really uncomfortable or strange. People don't know about it. But it's all, once again, about advocating for yourself and making these plans and pre- uh, preparing for these things beforehand so that we're, we're set. We already have that on the calendar. It's ready to go. Yeah. Oh, that is such a good point. And, yeah. and talking about that discomfort or feeling strange, I think that it will feel a lot more uncomfortable and a lot more strange if we don't prepare ourselves beforehand. But if we right. have listened to podcast episodes about pelvic floor therapy and how important it is. And this is how it usually happens. And mm-hmm. follow those people on Instagram. It will be a lot more comfortable and we'll understand exactly why it's so important and why it's so helpful. Right. And that that makes the whole process so much easier. Well, and think about it this way. like If you go when you're pregnant to see a pelvic floor physio and you get a rapport with them, you go through the whole process it's going to be so much more comforting if, God forbid, during postpartum, you are having a lot of trouble, a lot of pain, a lot of sensitivity, whatever's going on. It's going to be so much more comfortable to go back to the person that you know and the person that you experienced instead of going to somebody brand new that was off the street. You just picked them because your friend recommended them. And now you have to explain your whole backstory mm-hmm. and what you're going through currently. And like, so, hey, look at my cervix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. And, and you know, you're at such a vulnerable time when you're postpartum. So mm-hmm. whatever sort of familiarity you can have around that time, I think really helps us just feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so much easier. Such a smoother transition. I totally mm-hmm. agree. So the last pillar is community. And I'm really excited to hear your take on this because I already, it's like, yep, yeah, community. Yeah. So let's, I'd love to hear what this means to you. Well, and it's great because you touched on it a little bit when we were just talking about planning and preparing. Um, and this for sure community is something that you can plan and prepare ahead of time. I like to talk about community in the sense that I think it goes beyond your meal train, who's going to be in the birth room with you. That's oftentimes what we just think, you know, like who's going to set up our dinners. But I think that there's a really big importance to, well, first of all, planning and preparing. So while you're an aspiring mom or you're an expecting mom, who, you know, COVID aside, who's going to be in the birth room with you? Who do you want and desire? Do you want and desire a doula? Do you want and desire a lactation consultant? Do you want and desire, you know, what kind of provider a midwife, an OB, do you want your partner? Do you not want your partner? Will your partner bring more anxiety in a birth room? Like that's totally possible and something you might have to navigate. Um, So figuring out who actually will be in the birth room with you is probably the first step during pregnancy when you're an aspiring mom. But then of course, when you are postpartum, I think 
you know, we need to know who's going to be there to handle certain things. We already talked about you and your partner and who's going to handle certain things. So you have your community of your partner. But I think there's real value in third-party community. And this can look like third-party community online and also third-party community in person. And the reason why I say third-party is because they're going to have a different perspective and they're going to have a different um, celebration of you and non-judgment of you than your closest friends and family and, and you know, doctor provider window are going to have. And so that can look like something like a Facebook group. Um, I, there are many out there. I have a Facebook group. There's, you know, you're more than welcome to join. Many people have them. The important thing about a Facebook group, though, is you need to make sure that it's a comforting, well-managed, supportive environment. Um, I know over at the Mamas in Training community, we manage every single post that goes up. We manage every single comment that goes up so that it is supportive and uplifting. And if it's not, which knock on wood, we have actually only one time had to navigate something. But if something does come up, then we take care of it because we're really passionate to make sure that it is a supporting and uplifting non-judgmental environment. And there could be Facebook groups or, you know, other, um, there's so many different platforms now for different communities and groups. So there could be some that you go into that are not serving you and that are bringing more negativity or more judgment. And if that sense, you know, pops into your head at any point, then just leave, find another one. There's so many, but also this could look like maybe, a mama group, maybe a mama postpartum group, um, both online and in person, if that's something you're comfortable with. Maybe a lactation group where maybe you're like killing it in the breastfeeding game, in the pumping game, like maybe you're killing it, but just hearing the perspective of other women might help. Or God forbid, maybe you could help another mom who's going through something. So I even want to encourage people like, you don't necessarily need this community and this support when you're struggling. In fact, I think it's almost more empowering for you to join these communities, both in person, especially, and online, when you're thriving. You know, say you're postpartum and you are killing it postpartum. Please, dear God, join a postpartum group. Join a lactation group so you can lift somebody else up. Because in turn, when you do that, you get this boost of endorphins in yourself because you just gave back to somebody. You know, it's that feeling like during Christmas when you give someone a gift that you're dying to give them. Well, when you give someone a gift during postpartum that they weren't expecting, that you didn't even know that you could give, it not only helps them, but it helps you and your heart so much. And it can be such a good energy boost for you. So thinking of these third parties is really, I think, important because it's going to give you that support that your amazing friends and your amazing family might not be able to give you. It's just a different level. And then the other thing that I like to point out about community is if you're a mama who might be on your second child or third child, I'm going to guess that the excitement from your family and friends might not be exactly the same as it was for your first. Typical, right? But just because you've gone through it doesn't mean that you know what's coming and that you're a pro. Because in fact, this is a whole nother chapter. 
Now you're trying to navigate two children, two emotions, not leaving out your first emotions, all these things. And if you have a third party that can give you that energy of congratulations and you're having another baby and oh my goodness, you get to celebrate it in the same way and be celebrated and be showered, you know, in the same way. And it's not this feeling of like, oh, well, you've been there. Oh, well, Susie, you know, took to breastfeeding really good. So, you know, this one should be fine. So I think that's kind of what I like to talk about with community because it can mean so many different things, but I think acknowledging the way that it can really help support us that we might not expect um, is really what's essential. I love that. Yeah. I like the idea of, I mean, I've never thought of it as third party community. That's such a great way to put it. Yeah. And it, it does, it's, it brings you something different. It's not that one is more important than the other, but no. that they both so perfectly can balance and complement each other. That's such a great, great point. I love that. Well, and it's also like, you know, if you think you're, think of your closest five friends, for example, it's like, I go to each one of my friends usually for like a different thing. If I want to be, you know, if I want prayers, I go to my one girlfriend. If I want to just have a burst of sunshine, I go to my other. If I want to really have a deep conversation about something that I'm really working through in my past, then I want to go to another. And it's the same thing in your community. You know, you're going to go to your community of you know, mamas, maybe that's like your mom, your mother-in-law, your grandmother, you're going to go to them with certain things. And then you're going to go to your girlfriends that you used to go get wine with and have happy hour with. You're going to go to them for another. Maybe it's to like feel a little bit more like your old self. And then you're going to go to your third party, you know, postpartum group or a Facebook group to get that other thing that might you might be going through that if you bring up to these other two groups, they might be like, what are you talking about? You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think all three are really essential to, to making you feel grounded and in control and, and most importantly, supported. That is amazing. Yep. I cannot agree with you enough about these three pillars and their importance, advocacy, planning and preparing and community Um, Jessica, I know that there are going to be so many moms who have listened to this and have gained so much, so much insight from this conversation. And I thank you so much for it. For those who are looking for more from you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can pretty much find me in the podcast everywhere at Mamas in Training. And that's with an A. So M-A-M-A-S in training. And that's mamasintraining.com. The Facebook community, we would love to have you is Mamas in Training on Facebook. On Instagram, it's at Mamas in Training pod. So that's P-O-D. And please like reach out to me. I am the only person behind here answering everyone's messages and I would really love to connect. That's what I'm trying to do as an aspiring mom. So any way that I can support anyone or connect anyone to somebody else, I really would love to do that. Mm, beautiful. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Homebirth thank Podcast. You. Thanks for having me. Wasn't that so incredible? As we head into today's episode roundup, I want to touch briefly back over Jessica's three pillars. Number one, advocacy. 
let's remember that you are yours and your baby's best advocate. Wear that title proudly and don't allow others, even those with white coats, to bully you. This can feel like a daunting weight, but you were made for this. You were created for this. Spend time thinking, praying, meditating on this fact so that you can go forth confidently. Number two, let's talk about planning and preparing. You know this is near and dear to my heart as we go through a strategic planning and preparation sequence inside of the Home Birth Collective. From preparing the mind to the relaxation techniques, but most important, the intuition, the wisdom and self-trust. Oh, it's so important. But this idea of taking the time to consider what's important to you, to consider all of your options and to create a fluid plan is essential. And finally, community. I love how Jessica divided up this concept of community. We've got care providers and professionals, close friends and family, and then third-party community. I love the idea of having outside input. Each group is important and can bring us something slightly different. Learning to lean into our communities for support is a lesson that can sometimes be challenging, but it is truly so rewarding for both yourself and your family. Okay, my friends, what a wonderful discussion. Be sure to check Jessica out at Mamas in Training. That's all I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast. 